You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Freaks edition. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing C.R. Rice. And to get through the stuff that I have to remember because I have a post-it that does that is don't forget to like or subscribe to us. We love you listeners. Please like, subscribe. That'll keep you up to date on all the glorious episodes and leave us a review. We love reviews. Please tell us how we're doing, what you like. Don't tell us what you don't like. You can email me at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com if you want to say something you don't like about the episode. Just kidding. Haven't gotten hate mail yet. Knock on wood. Okay. Sometimes I say things about Jane Austen and I feel it coming a mile a minute. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So today our amazing guest is Carol Vandenhenda. I said it correctly, Vandenhenda. Woo! I'm going to have this yeah. nailed down, which I'm horrible It's getting better every time. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for being on the podcast. Let's talk about what we're drinking because I'm remembering to do that. Oh, our sponsor is Skunk Brothers Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Don't forget, they have commercials too, so that helps when I forget to say things. Okay. So I am drinking, it's actually out of our Drinking with Authors swag. You'll get some of this, Carol, for being on the show. Um, I'm drinking gin and tonic. It may be my second one of the day. Um, And I'm using Owen's Craft Mixers that has mint, cucumber, and lime in it. So it's like very low maintenance for people who are lazy, like me today. Okay, good. That's that's what happened there. Sierra, what are you drinking? So I'm kind of feeling stuffy, but I won't say my other stuff. I am drinking pestilence, which is our super yummy green tea and vodka mixture. Oh, I love that. You're not saying healthy because that's <laughs> I know you yelled at me last time. None of our stuff is health advice. None of us are, are licensed professionals. So if you decide to take what we say and go with it, that is not our fault. Not on that us. That is our official disclaimer <laughs> right there. That we are not responsible. If you go and start saying I'm drinking healthy drinks, it is called pestilence, so balance that out in your brain. Okay, Carol, what are you drinking? Uh, so mine's not healthy either. I have a dirty martini here, which I had first had with my husband who loves martinis, and I never knew the trick about putting olive juice in there, and it just adds a little zing, which is lovely. And I'm curious. Yeah. Okay, so you ready for your rapid fire questions? Sounds good, yes. What is your favorite book of all time? Of all time is hard, but I will say I have a special place in my heart for John Irving. And that's because the way that I met my husband was I got on a train. It was going from New York to New Jersey. And he sat next to me on the train. The reason we started talking to each other was because he was carrying a copy of John Irving's book. And I was so curious about it. I started asking him about it. And he said, well, you know, I work part-time, although I work as an engineer during the day, I work part-time at a bookstore at night. So just give me your address and I'll send you a copy of this book. And so I gave him my PO box address. He sent it to me and I um, sent him a thank you note. He started writing me letters and very old fashioned. We got to know each other through 
U.S. Postal Service. Wow, that's <laughs> one amazing. Of the, one of the letters he asked me for my phone number. We made plans to, we started talking on the phone. We made plans to meet in New York for dinner. And the first date that we went on, we were not sure because we had not seen each other in person in a few months. And so we weren't sure how things were going to go until he asked if I would like to have a drink with dinner. And I thought that was a good idea. And then we hit it off. And ever since, uh, things have been good. Oh, my gosh. That is so cute. That should go in a story yes. by itself. That's adorable. I was about to say, you're like writing this story and now you don't know what you want to do. That's a great story. Next, that's your next story. Okay. What is your least favorite book of all time? You know, I do not have happy memories of this particular book, um, Voltaire's Candide. And that's only because, and I know it's such a classic, it's only because in my French class in high school, my, um, I was taking an independent study and my independent study was to translate from French to English or English to French. I can't remember which direction it went in, but it was so depressing. And so it, um, it really wasn't my favorite book, but funny enough, this week, I heard another author being interviewed on Fireside with Susan Macbeth from Adventures by the Book. Madeline Martin was talking about the uh, inspiration behind her book, The Librarian Spy, and she mentioned Voltaire's Candide. And what I didn't know is the backstory and how I think it was the plague and the amount of um, death that he saw was really what inspired him to write such a dark story. And hearing that backstory completely, you know, gave me new empathy for why he would write something, you know, so black. And uh, so maybe, I don't know that I would go back and read it, but it might take a little of the sting off of that unhappy French class memory from high school. No, that makes sense. Trust me, some of the stuff we're forced to read is what ends up on the least favorite book list of all time. Okay, so what is your, um, where do you feel they took a book that you love and did a good job with a movie or a TV show? Did a good job. I mean, the production value of Lord of the Rings is just really incredible. The acting, the scenery, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah, so that one definitely springs to mind. Not a very unique choice, but um, just no, a beautiful. You'd be yeah. amazed somebody the other what did they say the other day totally threw me off they were like the jaw somebody said something and i was like what like <laughs> it's, 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 okay so let's now flip the card where did they go very wrong with taking the book and making it into a movie all right so now i'm going to admit that i liked the twilight books because it felt like, you know, at, at least at that time, it was like, you know, these characters came out of nowhere, whatever. I did enjoy, it was like enjoyable. And then the movies though, oh gosh, so cringy. Um, yeah, yeah. I well, that makes Twilight sense. So Although much. the latest one with Edward just makes him seem like a giant stalker weirdo. But the whole thing was, a, and she was suicidal. It's a terrible story. But I will say, <laughs> my best friend made me watch that movie 37 times in a row. And I'm not even kidding. Kayla played it 37 times because she was just like, oh my God, this is my favorite scene. And I was like, how do you know? It's like one so, long, never I'll, ending I'll movie. I'll admit to something because my friend Brandy will be listening to this episode. Every time we're together, we go through, except for we skip um, number two. We go one, three, four, and five. We watch them all. So you skip the suicidal one? Yeah, we skip the suicidal. Well, also because that particular one, 
is um yeah i don't even know the words we literally just skip it because it's so bad it's that one is very long and very arduous to get through like it's i don't yeah but that's our thing so every time we're together you know and my boyfriend likes to joke with her he sends a random text that say it's the fluorescence because there's a whole scene about that with the eyes it's the fluorescence <laughs> so anytime i say oh Brittany was telling me about blah blah he'll literally text her and go you know the thing about cookies it's the fluorescence <laughs> that's his response to everything okay that's awesome. so what is something that you found when um, you were writing that your editor was like, stop doing this? Maybe it's your characters are all shrugging or grimacing. What is something that was in your writing that your editor was like, hi, so for the future, stop doing this thing? Oh, dear. And I've had a few editors, so I'm trying to remember. So sometimes, and I have a very vivid imagination. Um, sometimes I am imagining how it's happening and I'm thinking I'm capturing it, but I'm maybe missing a little bit of the- um, you, you mean know, the pretend story that's in our head that's yeah. playing out like a movie that yes. we don't actually write down? Yes. And then our editor is like, is this person a ghost? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> duh. It's very obvious they're a ghost. And she's like, no, it's not. Right, right. Yes, that it's that thing. Thank you for getting me. It's awesome yeah. to talk to writers. Yes. We, I think almost, or you think you explained it really well and they're just like, what the hell is this? It's like, no, don't you know? It's like, no, you skip that part. You never put that part in. <laughs> so then it's just, yeah. And then you go back and read it like, I'm going to prove them wrong. And you're like, never mind this entire like page of dialogue that should be in there that helps explain this is not. <laughs> Um, what about when you're reading? What is something that will cause? Oh, wait, let me preface question. Do you always finish books? I do not. So but I don't either. I because, think it's a gigantic waste of time if they're not. Yeah. There. If we go back to the idea that our time is quite finite, we have to choose what we want to spend it on. I'm quite choiceful what I read. Um, I really, yeah, have to be pretty sure I'm going to like it to even pick it up. And then yeah, I can give up quite fast if I'm not feeling it. So what is something that will absolutely cause you to put the book down? I mean, so there's the obvious things that obvious things that writers say, which is bad writing. So if I if the voice is not speaking to me, then then that'll do it. But also I find I tend to be quite an optimistic person. And so if the book is very um, depressing or very violent. That is just not my thing. And I'm oh fine. Like if there's other readers who love that, great, go for it. But it's just, I just know that that doesn't, yeah, it's not my thing. Go ahead, CR. What were you going to say? My books are very dark. You're not going to like that. There's a oh, lot no. of violence. There's oh. a lot of, yeah. yeah. There's kind of a war happening. So. It's, it's in the middle of a war. So yeah, you kind of yeah. have that. And bad stuff happens in my books too. Like, um, and some people have said, like, after they read some of my chapters, they're like, oh gosh, I need to, you know, take a moment now <laughs> or find some tissues or, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I think for me that it ends, that it's ultimately optimistic um, is, is important to me because it, I think I have a lot of hopefulness in humanity and in the world. And so that's part of what I try to convey. 
but thanks for the heads up, CR, because I did want to check out your work. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's, there are some very fun moments is what I will say. It's a, it's an interesting ride is the best way to say that. But since me and Erica both dabble in paranormal, what mythical creature would you be if you could be anything? Oh gosh. Well, I, the first thing that springs to my mind, because my character's name is Phoenix Walker, which is meaningful because, and I named him Phoenix because, um, Phoenixes, you know, burn and then they rise from the ashes. And what happens to Phoenix Walker, he's an entrepreneur. He starts out at the top of his game and he, right in chapter one of Goodbye Orchid, an accident um, befalls him that changes him forever. And when he wakes in the hospital, he remembers, he's thinking about the woman he loves and he's um, longing for her. But he also remembers that she had witnessed the death of her parents and is therefore sensitive to images of trauma. And in an effort to not re-traumatize her, he believes he's faced with the hardest decision of his life, whether to love her, he needs to leave her without explaining why. And reviewers have said, it's like a modern day affair to remember. And so that's why he's called Phoenix because he, like his life completely shatters and he is burned to the ground and has to rise from those ashes. And that's why the cover of the book, the orchids on the front cover of Goodbye Orchid are not whole. They're shattered orchids. And that represents the physical and emotional shattering of Phoenix and Orchid. And in fact, those shattered orchids appear on the inside of the book. So if you um, flip through the pages, the bottom right corner of every page has an image of orchids. And when you flip through, the orchids will appear to shatter until you get to the darkest point of the story. And then they visually come together for the emotionally satisfying ending. So maybe that's a long-winded answer to your question <laughs> that um, the mythological creature that pops to my mind is Phoenix. Very cool. Okay. So um, when you're reading, do you like paper? Do you like e-reading? Do you like audiobooks? What is your preference? I've been doing a ton of audiobooks, and maybe that's just a very pragmatic because I am incredibly busy and so I feel like I have to make use of every moment of my day so if I'm folding laundry or something it's great to be able to have an audiobook keep me um, a company uh, you know keep me entertained I actually narrated my own audiobook for Goodbye Orchid and it gave me such appreciation for the performance art that goes into being a narrator it's just truly incredible yeah no I agree I love audiobooks I was listening to one earlier while I was doing chores. That's what I do is I, I have discovered I get my all my audiobooks. I used to do a lot of driving, um, but now I do it through chores because dishes are boring and I can listen to audiobooks while that is happening. Yeah. I love that. CR? Yeah. If you could choose to be any main character, but you have to live their life, you can't change it in a story, who would you be? Oh dear, can't change it because you know every main character goes through quite a lot. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they wouldn't be the main character if they didn't. Oh. A book I read not that long ago that I was really interested in the world was um, Have you read Una Out of Order by Margarita Montemore? Mm -hmm. It's it is a time travel which makes it pretty jarring. So I'm, there's parts of it I wouldn't like, but um, the main character, when you meet her in her like college days, you know, the kind of young adult age, she's living 
the 80s club scene life. And I adore, I um, have had many, many clubs and many, many dance nights in my life. And I love that. And so I could just picture the music and the scene and the clothes and the vibe. And so there were parts of that that really um, spoke to me. Okay. What, who would you want as your sidekick? I'm going to maybe give a little spoiler. So if anybody who hasn't read that book doesn't want any spoilers, they maybe should mute at this moment. In that book, the sidekick um, that she, when she wakes up each time, every chapter, she wakes up at a different age and it just skips all over the place, like where she is physically, where she is in time. And her sidekick, she thinks, is like a butler or somebody she's hired, but turns out is, and this is the spoiler. Do you guys mind? No, spoiler. Yeah. It's her son. And I'm like, that's so like cool. Somebody um, so close to you who knows you so well, but that seems like a stranger to you. I don't know. That was just like a very um, clever use of sidekick in her, in her work. That's awesome. Nice. That is very cool. Okay. So let's talk about reviews for a moment, my friend. Do you read your reviews? Um, I do peek at them and I peek at them um, to be able to two things. One, you know, learn like what people are reacting to, what parts they really pay attention to. Um, and also, you know, it is helpful to be able to repost them if people have um, sent very nice reviews. But I try not to obsess over them because as all authors know, there can be tough ones and you don't want those to stick in your head too long. No, it's true. And it's also, you know, it's great. Reviews are amazing, but you also don't know who's doing the review. You can, you know, yes. the internet yeah. has trolls. What about writing reviews? Do you write reviews? I do. And I I think now that I've become a published author, it's really, um, I've realized how important reviews are to authors. And so I try to give back in that way. That's one thing I can do for other authors is to write reviews and to, you know, um, and share my experiences with books. So yes, I do on Goodreads, on BookBub, on Amazon. Um, yeah, I do try to leave reviews. Very cool. What about, have you gotten to meet any people that you, as an author, like kind of fangirled over that was somebody that you wanted to meet when you've gone to do all these events? I feel so lucky having joined the author community to be able to call as friends, authors that I have incredibly respected and really just liked. Um, such lovely people in the author community. And I would, um, you know, shout out and I'll probably miss a ton of people, but um, absolutely adored meeting Kristen Higgins. I spoke at a conference, she attended my session and she's just such a lovely person um, and love her, you know, the relatability of her writing. And also um, Caroline Levitt, being able to meet Caroline Levitt was just, you know, um, again, such a lovely, real, authentic relatable person and she, I, was, I was just incredibly blown away when she endorsed Goodbye Orchid and so happy about that that I put that endorsement quote on the front cover. Well, very cool. Yeah, I think that a lot of people don't realize that authors in general are some of the most approachable people in the world. You know, people see us and they're like, oh, I'm a celebrity. And then you go, we're, we're like a person. We're like a real person that does things, you know. And in yes. general, don't need bodyguards, although that would be <laughs> kind of cool. 
Tiara's got one. It's called her husband. It's awesome. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> your husband's okay. a bodyguard? Tiara, you. My, my husband is just very, he likes, he acts like I need a bubble. So like he just tries to keep me and I tend to wander and I have no sense of direction. So I get lost. So it's just, it's better off for me. Um, so what is your favorite sh- weird food combination? Hmm. I don't know about weird food combination, but maybe I eat foods at a weird time of day. So for instance, um, at breakfast, I, a lot of times will like leftovers, um, and not just the pizza from the night before, but like, like leftovers. And then, okay, here's the other weird thing. And this is probably because, um, I've worked in the chocolate category for so long, you know, so people often will eat dessert after dinner or maybe even something sweet after lunch. But for me, every meal has the opportunity to have something sweet after it. So it's not been unknown to me to have dessert after breakfast. <laughs> okay. I like that I mean, dessert I'm, after breakfast. You should I, implement yeah. that. I think that's a very solid platform to run on. If you ever decide <laughs> to run for any type of office for anything, giving legally giving people the option to have dessert after breakfast is a solid platform pretty appealing yeah okay how about if you are wandering around and you found a million dollars and nobody is around what would you do with it I would try to find whose it was and give it back but how would you do that if nobody's around you can't advertise, right? Because like everybody that saw it would just, it'd be like Nick and Dave need wedding dates. And then all of a sudden you have 50,000 people like, oh my gosh, yes. Thank you for finding my million dollars. Right. Well, I don't mean me personally. So you're right. I think you'd have to find authorities that could somehow trace it through serial numbers. There must be some tracking system. No, if you find a million dollars in a duffel bag in the middle of nowhere, I'm assuming there's no positive legal means for which that could have possibly occurred. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I would leave it alone. But it is reminding me <laughs> as you're asking me about this, that my husband did something hysterical. My husband's a very funny person. So he went in to negotiate to buy his, um, I think it's a Honda Ridgeliner, or it's a, it was a pickup truck. He wanted to buy a new pickup truck. He goes into the dealer, he's trying to negotiate with them and they're not really budging much on the price. He goes, how about I pay cash? And they're like, well, we prefer for you to take out the loan or whatever. And he's like, no, I mean, actual cash. And so he pulls out his briefcase and he starts putting these piles of bills on the table in front of the sales guy. And all of a sudden the guy's eyes widen because he realizes that my husband is serious and he's ready to buy a car right now. So he runs <laughs> to the back, talks to the manager and is like, they come back out, they negotiate with my husband and they give him a price that my husband was good with. And then they were like, do you seriously have whatever it was, $35,000 worth of cash right here in our office? And my husband's like, do you think I would carry $35,000 worth of cash here to your office? So he turns over each of these stacks of bills that have the paper around them. You know how the paper around them says, here's a thousand, here's a thousand. He had 35 stacks of these. The top one was a hundred dollar bill. He flipped it over. All the ones underneath were singles. So that's pretty good. It was real cash, but it wasn't the amount that they thought it was, but it got their attention. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. I like it. 
that's just being a baller. That's what that is. That's a pure, that's pure ballerness. You gotta that, do what you gotta do. I, I love say, that. Corey's always wanted to do that. And he asked when, when we got our cart, he asked if he could do it. And they're like, no, that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. And I was like, what? Apparently in Florida, you can't go with all cash if it's over a certain amount. They don't let you do it. It has to sit in a bank for a certain amount of time or something. I'm yeah. like, what if I was on the run and I'm trying to get a new car? That's like, you're not why. even going to help me that out? That is exactly why. Because <laughs> if you're on the run, it's probably not a good thing. Probably not a good thing at all. Well, I know. Got to do I know. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, got it. Got it, got it, got No, hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> okay, yes. so I'm going to come up with one and then I'm going to get CR the last question. Um, <laughs> so stressful. Do you listen to music while you're writing? Like, what is your writing environment like? Because I know you have to grab time. So do you have to be in a quiet room all to yourself? Do you prefer to write around people, coffee shop? Are you dictating into your phone at work during terribly boring meetings that you're hating? Wondering why it couldn't have been an email? So I had a lot of those. I had a ton of meetings that could have been emails every day of my life that I actually got a little desk pad that said this meeting could have been this, this meeting could have been an email and why and I would hand them out to people because I'm like <laughs> you guys need to learn how to utilize executive times better oh, better yes that's funny I mean I am not that precious about the environment that I write in because I can't I have to be pragmatic and so if I'm at my son's gymnastics meet and I can put my laptop on my lap and get a couple of pages in that I'm going to do. If I, it's late at night and, you know, when the kids were younger, they've gone to bed and that gives me time to write. That's great. If I'm in a really creative flow state, I find that the writing wakes me in the middle of the night. And I, when I was writing Goodbye Orchid, there were times where I would have all these ideas and I'd have to get up and just get on my laptop and capture them before they were lost. Um, so all of that's to say, I write when I can. And in terms of the music, Yes, I do sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes if there's too many lyrics in the songs, that distracts me. So um, it's a certain type of music. And in when I was writing Goodbye Orchid, I listened to a lot of Jack White, which was um, really fun. And now I just have a Spotify list that I go to and I keep adding new stuff to my Spotify list of stuff that I like. And in fact, it's on my website. If readers are interested, my Spotify um, list that I write to is right on there. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So you already have the last question before shameless self-promotion time. <sighs> the stress. Okay. If you could do anything you wanted to right now, go anywhere, do anything, see anything, what would it be? And then you're going to give me this power, right? CR? Cause you have, I mean, that I will try <laughs> and if it works, then you have to share it. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's so many amazing places to go or do. I feel a little um, nostalgic. I have, I have maybe two thoughts. One, um, both my parents have passed. So I feel like if I could go anywhere and see them, that'd be super cool. That would be super cool. Yeah. Um, be super cool. yeah so that, that would be a good one to use it on. Where would you want to see them? You know, almost the place doesn't matter. You know, I don't know. Probably somewhere meaningful, like a childhood home or something. Mm -hmm. 
That is a very creative answer. We haven't had an answer like that. That is, you get points for yeah. creativity on that one. That Thank you fun. very much. <laughs> yes. Okay, Carol, it's shameless self promotion time. Tell people how to find you and your books and what's coming out. Well, I certainly hope people will look for award-winning Goodbye Orchid and Orchid Blooming. Between the two of them, they've actually won 20 awards, which um, still kind of blows my mind. And so people can find me, probably the easiest place is my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash C-B-D-H. And that has one place where they can find places to um, buy Goodbye Orchid and Orchid Blooming, to leave reviews for those, to see um, media places that have talked about it. For instance, Glamour Magazine um, called the story, uh, you know, a modern, a modern love story for our times or something like that, something beautiful that uh, probably brought tears to my eyes when I read it the first time. And they can also find me on social media through that link tree. So my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter, my uh, Pinterest, my YouTube, and all of that is out there. Very, very awesome. cool. Awesome. You have been amazing to have on this podcast. Yes. It's been so much fun. It's been so fun to hang out with you, Erica and CR. Thanks for hosting me. Really appreciate it. Of course, of course. And then in the future, we'll have to have you back in 2023 when that next one comes out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because be then <laughs> yes. we can definitely go, so what's coming next? And you have no choice but to answer us. Right. All At that point, I'll be prepared for that question. <laughs> yes. Absolutely <laughs> prepared for that question. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. Um, I've been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been the amazing C.R. Rice, who's looking at me to see if I'm going to totally mess this up. I saw that look. <laughs> it's totally fine. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us. Also, leave us a review. We would absolutely love that. Um, our sponsor today has been Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10. And we will see you guys next time. The ESO Network is proud to announce that our official charity this year is Pops for Patients, a toy donation cause that collects, donates, and distributes Funko Pop figures to children's hospitals all year round. They have donated tens of thousands of Pops since they started in August of 2016. That's a lot of much-needed smiles to sick kids across the country. For more information on how you can help contribute, go to popsforpatients.org. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.